to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 103. Today, we're going to talk about some award predictions for the upcoming season, some pretty early award predictions, but some uh, people that we think are, are good, have a good chance of winning the award for uh, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm sure future episodes will dive into other awards, but uh, we'll start with these. And then we will discuss the AF- AFC playoff picture and uh, what we think that will look like based on our regular season record predictions which we've gone through in previous episodes if you want to check those out you can uh, you can look for them we've we've broken it out division by division so you can look for that but today we're going to show you what the playoffs look like based on those predictions and i'm excited to do that before we dive in i have my co-hosts with me as per usual casey sully and matthew durgan how you guys doing doing well and you know what they say you know if something's worth doing it's w- worth doing incredibly early and before we have all the information gathered so oh is that what they say i didn't that's know that's what, what they, they say. say and you know if there's any rule that you should follow it's that one so that's what all we're right. doing new uh creed for me there i like it what See, about you dragon if you do these hot you do these hot takes these predictions early either you sound really dumb within two weeks or four months from now you can say hey in august i called this and look really smart so yeah i guess that's true it is a little lower risk right now because you know there's so many unknowns so we can say kind of whatever we want and however it shakes out you know we're either like dude look how early we predicted that or like man well it was like four months ago so <laughs> you know you can't really blame us for being wrong so uh win-win i think here exactly um so let's let's dive in then with that let's talk about these awards and and who we think has a shot to win um i think one of these is a little bit more clear-cut than the others, but uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys think. So let's start with Coach of the Year and uh, what we think shakes out here. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm embarrassed because as a betting man, I took all the favorites, which I, I avoid always trying to do. But I'm weak now. I'm old. I, I went basic. <laughs> so that, that's my first thing. And second of all, you can read all of the, my predictions. I wrote a little betting preview a few weeks ago. So I had all of these predictions in there. If you want to read more about it, check it out at weeklyspiral.com. All right. First off, uh, Coach of the Year, Brandon Staley. Uh, three of the last four coaches to win this award were first-year head coaches. So he has a little bit of history on his side as well. And look at a team that he's taken over, the Chargers. Tons of talent. Gained Derwin James back. Uh, Justin Herbert's second year. And Anthony Lynn, who I like as a person, was not a very good head coach. He lost him so many games. I mean, I think other nine losses, like seven of them, eight of them were by one score. You flip half of those around, you're a playoff team easily. So I think he'll do that. He's also a smart guy. That defense is going to be humming. A lot of talent there. I expect Justin Herbert to take a huge jump forward. All right, I have my money on him, MVP. Uh, so I, I have a lot of confidence in him. So this one's kind of easy, in my opinion, uh, especially when you look at teams that – I like to look at teams that can go from out of the playoffs to into the playoffs. And outside of the Chargers, there's not a whole lot of options. I mean, look at like, Niners, Kyle Shannon, I consider that one. But, you know, I wouldn't say he's a front runner for this award. Uh, one dark horse I like is Joe Judge with the Giants. If they can get in the playoffs somehow, that's a chance if uh, Staley falters. But I-, I like Staley here. And you can get my good money, plus 1300 yeah, I know you love the Giants, but Joe Judge ain't win Coach of the Year this year. Hey, yeah, I don't think. Take a lap. He's not that. even Take winning Coach of the Preseason. <laughs> I mean, dude, the, the that team is in shambles. They're like fighting each other already in the locker room. That's that's not a good sign as, from a head coaching hey, they, perspective. They, they've so. only had like three guys retire in a week. You know, it, yeah. weed out the guys who don't want to be there early. 
Sure. All right. I think it's I think it's more likely that Joe Judge retires in the middle of the season than wins Coach of the Year, uh, based on current trends. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll save Cyrus's for last since I doubled up on the Brandon Staley hype train. Uh, I, I was on him oh, last year. so boring. Hey, dude, sometimes, like Durgan has found out, the basic consensus choice is the right choice. Yep. And that's what I we got here. I expect it from you, Casey. I don't expect it from Durgan. <laughs> I know. I'm ashamed, man. I'm ashamed. <clears throat> well, I, Durgan touched on most of the points, but I just think he's the coach that's inheriting a roster that's already built to win. I know he's walking into a very good situation. He didn't even have to change his house. Uh, and he inherits all these guys, Joey Bosa. And obviously you got Herbert at quarterback. You got Jerry Tillery on the defensive line, Lin- Linval Joseph. Uh, then hopefully Derwin James can can stay healthy. But you got Chris Harris Jr. and Nasir Adderley and, and some, some really nice pieces for you to be able to, to shift around and do some things. He added some pieces on the offensive line, which should solidify things there. Uh and, you know, he's a, a defensive coach, so maybe he can pay attention on offense, when to use timeouts, when to not use timeouts, something that Anthony Lynn didn't necessarily understand, uh, when to go tempo, when not to go tempo, when to call a run play, when to not call a run play. Maybe in two minutes you want to throw the ball a little bit and stop the clock and save some time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's with Anthony Lynn and, and wherever he is now. Uh, so I, I just think he's set up for a, for a situation that's uh, going to be pretty easy, or not easy, but beneficial for him. Tough division, um, but if they, they can claw their ways into the playoffs, then uh, I think he's going to have a good opportunity to, to win the Coach of the Year award. Cool. I, I like it. I think it's a boring pick, but I love it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a pick that I don't think will happen, but I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the Browns. You know, I think... Uh, I don't know if anybody's won this. T- has maybe you guys know? Has anyone won this award two years in a row? No, no. Stefanski's going to be the first to do it, baby. It's due Let's to happen. Go. It's due to happen. So I think this team. Listen, first of all, the whole franchise has been turned around. Stefanski's been a, been a pretty big part of that. But I think this team's better now than they've ever been. So I'm excited to see what they can do. They were 11 and five last year. I think their their ceiling this year is potentially hot take. Maybe best team in the NFL. That's their ceiling. Obviously, depending mm-hmm. how Baker plays, but everywhere else on that roster, pretty damn good. Um, big Stefanski fan. I've been on the Browns hype train for, I think, since we've done this podcast, I've been on the Browns hype train. Yes, so, yes. Finally, it looks like the train is on the right rails, and I'm excited for it. So I'm going to go Stefanski, um, and uh, and he's going to be the first ever to, to do it twice in a, in a row. I mean, I, 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 I don't hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's he's great. I love what he does on offense. A lot of a lot of cool run game stuff. Uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite coordinators and, and offenses to watch. And and you know if they they keep chugging along and keep doing big things and maybe if they win the division, you know there's room to grow for them because yep. they didn't win the division last year. They were a wild yeah. card. But if they just dominate the Ravens and put the Steelers to bed and say, hey, go to your retirement home, Ben Roethlisberger, then you know I can see a situation here where. Kevin Stefanski is is rolling maybe to the number two or number one seed and, and getting the the opportunity to win the the award for sure. If they can get fourteen wins, fourteen and three season, that would probably put them in first place in the AFC. That that's your chance right there. I mean, there's definitely hope. It's not like a there's no chance it happens. There's definitely some hope there. I mean, it's a better chance than like Andy Reid or Bruce Arians to win it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, 
I think uh, I'm going to ride this uh, till the wheels fall off here <laughs> with the Browns. So um, let's talk about the next award here. We're going to go to Comeback Player of the Year. Durgan, we'll start with you. Who do you think? What's the basic pick here? Because uh, yeah, I, I know, know you mentioned all yours are going to be the obvious choices. So what do you got? <laughs> it's 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 got to be Dak Prescott. And if we learned anything last Ooh. year, learned anything last year with Alex Smith winning it, you know, it's about the story. The on-field part plays a factor, but it's about the story. Well, what, okay, but there's also a lot. There's a lot more options this year. It feels like than last year. Yeah. So, well, just hope, saying, hopefully. a lot of these guys, I, I if they were so. in the league, I hope so. Or if they were, if they were in the running for this last year, would have beat out Alex Smith. I think. I, I well, I mean, six touchdowns, and interceptions. It's not that hard to beat out. But besides the point, I'm not bashing <laughs> Alex Smith. I like the guy. He had a great TED talk this week. I heard, so I got to check that out. But Dak Prescott, I mean, that gruesome leg injury. Uh, even though he's kind of hurt right now, I think he's going to be back in plenty of time. And that Cowboys defense, as much as people want to, you know, say it's getting better, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Okay? They're still going to be pretty bad. So he's going to have to carry that offense and score a lot of points and throw the ball a lot, in my opinion. Plus, look at the three receivers he has. C.D. Lamb, Cooper, Gallup. That trio is very, very solid. Zeke looks in good shape as well. So he's going to right that ship, put that offense right path to – what was that? What was that? That um, Adam Gaze called his offense hyper, hyper, hyperspeed, hyperspeed here with Dak Prescott, huge year. Calling it now, forty touchdowns combined, rushing and passing. Big year for Dak Prescott. Uh, this award is for him for the taking, plus one seventy five, which for a future is very very low. For example, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who are the two overwhelming favorites for MVP, are plus five hundred. So that's how much of a favorite uh, Dak Prescott is. Easy pick here for me. Yeah, and it's good to just remember that Joe Judge is going to win Coach of the Year in spite of Dak Prescott combining for 40 touchdowns and, and probably well, running them out of the division. I didn't say Joe Judge was going to win. I say he's a, a guy to consider. Guy to consider. Uh-huh. I'm just mm. saying your lines are getting a little crossed here and something you may want <laughs> to a little my, bit on the my, my official pick is Brandon Staley, so we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, yeah, he's he's set up for the, he's he's the easy pick for sure and for for a good reason. That offense was was clicking when he was uh, healthy and and doing some nice things. The defense on the other hand, you know, they weren't stopping a nosebleed as as Bart Scott so famously said but gives him more opportunities to take the ball and and go score himself so uh good for him and uh if he can stay healthy you know it'll be it'll be interesting to to see because he was he was definitely ascending as he got this big contract and then got hurt and i don't think we've ever fully seen dak put together an, an entire year where he's playing at a truly elite level like he's been very good but hasn't really broken that that top tier of quarterback so great opportunity for him to do that this year um, especially with all the pieces around him. Yeah, he's getting paid like he already has, so he uh, yeah. he kind of needs to, to break into that top-tier level. And he can, and a lot of it, you know, I mean, what we saw last year, you were right, he's trending in the right direction, but he was on the field, like, all the time. Like, he was just literally out there most of the game because that defense wasn't doing anything Nothing. to stop anyone. So uh, a lot of inflated stats, but nonetheless, Dak is definitely a talented quarterback, so... I think it's his to lose for sure. Um, boring pick again, though, from you, Durgan. So I'm excited to hear what Casey has to say with his pick so we can uh, spice things up a little bit. Yeah, well, I wanted to pander to the 49er offense and to Durgan in, in particular, and I went with uh, Nick Bosa. He may not like the vaccine, but he does love sacks, and I think he's going to get a <laughs> few of those. Uh, so 
uh, it'll. I think it'll, a lot will de- depend on on Kinlaw and how he develops. If he can eat up some blocks on the interior, um, sort of the way DeForest Buckner did before he left, uh, that's going to be huge help for for Nick Bosa and in, in his comeback campaign here. Um, obviously, a, a very high tier dude, and and now it's time to do it again. You know, he he had a, that fantastic r- rookie year, and uh, then he got hurt. So, uh, can he sustain this, and can he build on that campaign? Um, I think all indications are yes, but if he has a, a double-digit sack season and, and the, the 49ers are back and, and knocking people around like they were a couple of years ago, I think he's going to have a, a pretty good chance because he he's at a position that can get the stats to, mm-hmm. to be flashy enough, a couple f- forced fumbles or intercept a screen pass again or whatever and, and do some stuff there, and, and he's going to have a chance to, to be the comeback player of the year for sure. Yeah, if he gets 10-plus sacks, he's, he's putting himself in a really good position, and I absolutely hope that he puts himself in position to win this award. Uh, I, I am worried, I guess this is the pessimist in me. He hasn't practiced at all yet so far. They're, they're taking his time within the injury. want to slowly get him on. So I worry that if he gets off to a slow start, will he be able to catch up stat-wise? I, I won't doubt. I've said this a million times. He's the best player in the Super Bowl for three and a half quarters. It just so happens that Mahomes stepped up when it mattered but Nick Bosa is amazing he's a hall of fame talent if he can stay on the field so it depends how the Niners treat him I hope they take him long slowly but surely but give me 10 sacks season from Bosa and I will be a very very happy camper yeah he's definitely capable of 10 sacks and I think uh I think he might be the best defensive player capable of getting this award or mm-hmm. or uh in this in the running for a comeback player of the year so definitely could see that happening um for my pick i went with with christian mccaffrey i think you know overall i would i would probably wager he's the best offensive weapon in the league just from start to finish i think he can literally do anything that you would want out of a running back or a wide receiver and we've seen it i mean he had a thousand yard rushing and a thousand yard receiving season um followed by a a horrendous season riddled with injuries so i think he comes back this team this panthers team they've drafted really well i think they've built around that core Really, I mean, the question mark, and we've touched on this on this podcast a few times, is obviously Sam Darnold. You know, we don't really know what we're going to get out of that. But the rest of the team around Sam Darnold is getting better. Like, this defense is much improved. They've invested a ton of draft capital in the defense. Um, I, I like I like the skill positions, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. I think DJ Moore is criminally underrated. I think people are going to be surprised by him. Robbie Anderson's a solid deep threat. Terrace Marshall Jr., good draft pick. I the reason I emphasize that is because throughout the entire draft process, I invented this phantom N in his name and thought his name was Terrence just for like <laughs> the entire process. But Terrace, Marshall Jr., I think he's going to surprise some people too in the slot. Uh, in general, I like this team. I think they're trending upwards and Christian McCaffrey being one of the best talents we've seen at running back or really any position offensively. I, I expect big things from him if he can stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And uh, that sort of bleeds into my offensive player of the year. So I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit because I picked Christian McCaffrey to be the, the offensive player of the year for me. And um, just looking at what Joe Brady was trying to do last year, uh, a lot of spread formations, a lot of empty formations using the running back. And that was with Mike Davis most of the year. Yep. Um, so you had a guy that's dynamic like Christian McCaffrey and, and that guy's going to get some targets. He's going to get some touches. He's going to be uh, the workhorse and he's definitely capable of, of carrying that burden um, or rather rising to the occasion I, I suppose whether he can stay healthy the entire year I guess is, is TBD but um, 
just knowing the the offense that Joe Brady runs, uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunities, especially in the pass game. So like PPR leagues and stuff like that. If you weren't always already looking at Christian McCaffrey, you you definitely should. Um, and if you want to know a little bit more about the the Joe Brady offense, I was on uh, Carolina Fandom, which is a podcast uh, that focuses on. Panthers and, and all sports in Carolina um, talking about Joe Brady's offense and, and how those things might might change with Darnold and, and with Christian McCaffrey back and with Terrace Marshall. Terrace. And yeah. Terrace. The loss of Curtis Samuel, but that, that offense is still going to be pretty explosive and, and fun to watch, I think. Um, and CMC is a big part of that. Yeah, you touched on it. If Mike Davis can get 60 catches – then there's no reason why McCaffrey shouldn't get 100. He's going to get plenty of opportunities if he stays healthy. Uh, nothing much to add, really. Uh, Sam Darnold, this is his year, guys. I've been calling okay. it three years. <laughs> okay. I'm three eight. Third time's a charm, man. Third time's a charm. It's, it's if, put, put up or shut up time, so... If you're just listening, if this is the first time you've tuned in, just for context, Durgan is the self-proclaimed head of yes. the Sam Darnold fan club. Yes. Uh, so... A.K.A. don't ever listen to anything he ever says. Hey, Sam Darnold, I'm telling you, he made one throw at USC that sold me. I'm still waiting for him to re-knock that throw in NFL sometime, but he's still a young guy. And now he has CMC, dumped him the ball, get out of the way. So we'll see what happens. I like the pick, though. That's my second option. Yeah, not to get too Sam Darnold-y with this conversation I don't know, that's a weird way to say it but there's never too much um, sam donald talk never too much sam donald talk false there's anytime he's brought up it's too much but um this is his chance i think there's no excuse so he kind of has he has to prove it this year i think this team is versatile enough there's enough pieces around him that if he doesn't show something like even the fact even that he's in like an average starting quarterback he's gonna be in trouble for the rest of his career that's a hot take from me here maybe not hot just a take that's just a take that's, that's a cold take man that's a cold everyone's take. Right. yeah <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> okay fair everyone's on board with that take except durgan so not me yeah that's no. never yeah. never never yeah. yeah that is true all right well let's let's move on let's let's talk about the uh playoff picture here and uh where our predictions for records fell oh we skipped you skipped the uh, office part of the year oh i did you're right okay you know got why to, i skipped it because casey we were talking yep. so much about christian mccaffrey and he mentioned offensive player of the year i was like Casey ruined it. Boom. I'm sold. Offensive yeah, player God, of the that's year. My fault. So I I didn't yeah. segue. I didn't right, delineate well, my segue enough, probably, I guess is the, the It's problem, fair. So. No worries. We'll go back. We'll backtrack a little bit here. Rewind the tape. Um Durgan, who is the favorite to win offensive player of the year since that's who you picked? Yes, Tractorcito, aka Derek Henry. And he won it last year. He's a horse, and it's very rare for a guy to lead the league in rushing attempts three straight years hasn't happened since Emmett Smith but if there's anybody who can do it it's Derrick Henry and he's going to get fed over and over and over again so I think he's going to lead the league in carries rushing yards and a very good chance leading in rushing touchdowns as well uh, this award unless you have a monster monster year does not go to receivers usually <clears throat> and also doesn't go to the person who wins MVP even a lot of times so that kind of eliminates uh, the quarterback, in my opinion. So this award is designed for a guy like Derrick Henry, who puts up huge numbers to run away with it. So I think I like him. That's my pick. Plus 700. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the offense shifts a little bit with a new offensive coordinator there. Um, you know, they lost some pieces, Johnny Smith and, and Corey Davis. But uh, you can still expect the big boy 
to get the carries. Oh yeah, and that's the most important there. And then he's going to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to get the volume of touches, but he can produce and and, um, you know, he's a he's a fun guy to watch for sure. Yeah, and the dude had two thousand rushing yards last season. That's just unheard of. It's a very select few uh, running backs that are capable of even getting near that. So. Definitely one of the most talented players and, and would deserve it if he were to win it again. Um, I'm sure he will probably be in that 1,500 rushing yard plus mark again this season. So, um, yeah, good good uh, expected pick there, Durgan. Love it. What about you, Casey? What do you got? I, I oh, you mentioned you. Christian McCaffrey. All You're right, all over all the right. place, man. Okay. Jesus Well, Christ. I'll go with mine then and try not to smile too much, but... I'm going to go with Devontae Adams for my uh, my pick here. Maybe a little bit more of a dark horse than these two guys, uh, but I think people, he's you know, he's he is probably one of the top three receivers in the league, and I don't think people give him the credit he deserves. Casey's touched on this before, and I'm already seeing him excited to, to jump well, in. He's, and, he's not number two or three either, so. He's uh, four, you're right. You're, you're saying he's number one? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm saying it's up for debate, but in general, I think I don't think it is. Don't. He was the best receiver in football last year. Fair. That's fair. And he was from a stats perspective. I mean, the dude had 18 touchdowns and 1,300 yards, which is, you know, those are gaudy numbers. So he played super well. Um, and I think he can do it again. I think he is the best receiver at getting separation in the league. And I think Aaron Rodgers coming back means the ceiling is limitless. So... I'm going to go with him. I think he could have the best year out of any receiver this this year. I'm I'm struggling to find somebody who could have a better season than him. And I'm going to throw this out here too. Contract year. It is a contract year for him, yeah. So, I mean, this may be his last contract. He probably wants to ball out and earn some money on his last deal. I would I would expect big things. What okay. do they call it? The last dance or something? What are they last saying? Dance, today, yes. Casey? Yep. Last dance. Yep. I mean, I... I I agree with actually the fact that he was the best receiver in football last year. That's kind of undisputed, um, but it is I tough. Don't even know what to do. He's, he's turned it, a new no, league. No, no. Well, here we go. But but it's tough to give but. tough to give an award to a guy who hasn't played a full season since uh, 2016, and a receiver has only won this award once since '93, and that was Michael Thomas, and only because he got a, a bazillion catches that season, he had like 150 catches and 1,700 yards. Um, I don't know if. Devonte Adams will get that high, but he'll get 1,200 yards, which is an incredible season. So I, that's that's all I got really. But I, I, I mean, I I just don't think he's like the like this superstar generational talent at receiver. So I I, I wouldn't pick him. But if I were to pick somebody, it'd be him, maybe Hopkins. My guy uh, Diggs. You fucking love Hopkins. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, you're all over Hopkins. He's a he's beast. Very, he's very and good. He, and he plays all 16 games in a season, so I don't got to worry about him getting injured. I mean, you got to respect Devontae Adams sure. a little bit, though. Like, he didn't have that same sort of star power, and he definitely struggled coming out initially, but the dude oh, he, has, has turned he's, he's worked, his... Yeah. He's worked, yeah. he's worked really hard and got really lucky that Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. That you can't deny. So I, I appreciate him for his luck. And it's hard work. Okay, but by that I mean, same vein, has he gotten very lucky that there's been nobody else around him? Like he's he's a primary target. Defense okay, is game plan against him, and he still a, dominates. He's a dog. I mean he 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 know, he's a good player. I'm not, I'm not yeah. crapping all over him. But you well, know, you are, what, and then you're what, saying what, you're what not. He, what, so what he, I'm confused. <laughs> now. Would, would he put up 1,300 yards in a season if he didn't have Aaron Rodgers? 
well, I mean, they put okay, up like 900 and half a season with Brett Hundley and those dudes. So, no, nope, and he, he has put up 1,300 yards if he had another receiver to take some pressure off of him. You know, maybe, and it wasn't maybe. Aaron Rodgers. Let's say it was somebody else at quarterback. Well, George Kittle broke the tight end receiving record with Nick Mullins as quarterback. So nobody's doubting George George Kittle's. <laughs> I'm just skill. saying. I'm just saying. Those no, no cues who the quarterback is. I mean, you go out there who you play, but. I mean, it helps. I'm not saying it doesn't help. I mean, Justin Jefferson put up 1,400 yards. Kirk Cousins, that's impressive as a rookie. Sure, Kirk, but we're well, not Kirk talking Cousins about those. Guys. I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying to be nice to Devonte Adams here. I'm like giving. Him, I'm just saying, you know, he's he's very good. Worked hard uh, and got lucky. Half uh, half half the league half the league. It's not league, exactly to being be good. Nice to be good. You got to be all lucky. Right. Uh, Jerry Rice got lucky. He had Joe Montana throwing to him. Well, Jerry Rice is also yeah. the greatest receiver of all time. I'm just know. saying, he, you he can make this argument for a lot of players I, I, in a lot I could of He works really hard, and then he was very there. lucky to have Bill Walsh and Steve Young and Joe Montana. I could go out there and Jerry Rice can get 1,000 yards received, and I can't throw the ball more than 25 uh, you yards. You probably could have gone out there with that coaching staff and those quarterbacks and gotten the same amount of yards as Jerry Rice. No, no, no. One hit, one hit I'd be out, so make a quarterback. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a quarterback. All right, well, I think that's it. Let's, let's cut, it, cut it short there. Uh, I, I always love bringing up players from our teams because it gets us all amped up and <laughs> fun things happen as a result but let's talk about the AFC here and the playoff picture that uh, resulted from our record predictions so throughout the the offseason we selected the records that we thought each team would finish with and now we're going to talk about how the playoffs shaped up based on those predictions so Durgan we'll start with you mm-hmm. let's do it round by round so give us your wild card round um, and then we'll go divisional and then conference championship yeah, so the two versus seven seed, uh, Chiefs Chargers. Chargers, I think, are still a year away from being a actual contender. Chiefs would win that one easily. Uh, Browns Ravens are the three six matchup. I love the Browns this year, like you, Cyrus. Uh, Ravens. I'm not saying their window is closing because they're still a very talented team and Harbaugh is a great coach, but it doesn't seem that they are the team they were two years ago when they were one of the best teams in the NFL. Kind of taking a step back. That's what happens when you have to start paying all the young guys. Got to make some cuts at those spots. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's going to get a fat contract coming up very soon. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of tweak that team around. Uh, saw the Browns winning that game. And then the Colts are the four seed. said that before Carson went and uh, Nelson got injured. But I'm still a Colt rider. So I, I, they'll win the NF, or AFC uh, South. And the Dolphins are the five seed, the first uh, wild card team. And I have the Dolphins winning that game. Uh they're going to be a lot better this year than last year, and last year they won ten games. So pretty confident in them this year. I don't have any super big qualms with Durgan's selections. See how nice and complimentary it was there. That was good. Um, that was good. Yeah, you're welcome. I do. I have the. <laughs> do you have some qualms? Go ahead. No, I don't have any qualms. I just don't have the Colts making the playoffs at all. So, anyways, go ahead, Casey. Yeah, I do remember that. I unfortunately <laughs> still do, even though I'm completely off the Colts bandwagon. They stampeded away, and I let them, you know, run free uh, <laughs> with all their injured, broken legs and stuff. Uh, but I have the Dolphins as being the number one seed. They're getting the bye. Uh, so that leaves the Browns versus the Ravens. I also have the Browns winning that game. I also have the Chargers versus the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning that game as well. And then I have the Bills versus the Colts, and I have the Bills winning that game. So uh, pretty close in line with, with Durgan's predictions. Um, I would bump the Colts out at this point, and, and it certainly seems like it's the, the Titans' division to, to win. Um, 
but maybe this opens the door for the Jaguars? I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. I think, man, maybe in a few years, if, if they build right. The Jaguars can surprise people this year, because Urban Meyer doesn't lose. That's just, he doesn't, so neither Trevor uh. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't lose either, so I'm not saying they're going to go 10-7, and, ten and but... Seven wins, okay. eight a wins. A lot of people didn't lose before they got to the NFL. Just saying. This is <laughs> well, like... not, not many guys lost like one game their entire – zero regular season games their entire college career like Trevor Lawrence did. So. All right. What about like Jameis Winston? He lost. Well, yeah, no, but he, he, he lost also won like a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Don't, put, don't, put, get, the, don't put that bad juju out in the air for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Don't, don't ruin his <laughs> okay. career. All right. I'll, I, I won't. I'll take it back. Uh, but <laughs> – uh, for, for my wildcard round, I have the uh, well. First off, I have the Chiefs getting the first round by, and then I have the Bills and the Titans playing. Bills being the fifth seed, Titans being the fourth seed. Um, I got the Ravens and the Dolphins. Ravens the seventh seed, Dolphins the second seed. I'm very high on the Dolphins this year. And then I got the Chargers and the Browns. Um, Chargers six seed, Browns third seed. Um, so obviously, you know, I got the Browns in that one. Um, Let's go to the the next round here, and I'll, I'll kick it off here, and I'll, I'll kind of just talk about who I have winning these matchups since I just went through mine. So between the Bills and the Titans, I have the Bills advancing, um, Ravens and Dolphins. I got the Dolphins, and then Chargers and Browns. You know I got to go with my Browns on that one. So the Browns will be playing the Dolphins, and the Bills will be playing the Chiefs in the divisional round for me. And who will win those games? Oh, should we just keep going? We're just rolling, rolling it, rolling on. All right. Well, yeah, you, gotta, you pick the winners, and then we go on to the next, the next uh, round. Cool. All right. So between the Browns and the Dolphins, riding the Browns so the wheels fall off. I've said it before. <laughs> so the Browns take it um, on the road, and then between the Bills and the Chiefs, I got the Chiefs beating the Bills. So um, in the conference championship game, I have the Browns versus the Chiefs. Nice. That would be a fun one to watch a rematch yeah. of, of yeah. last year and i think maybe go a little bit different maybe i don't I know i think it would i, I Actually, think uh, I, don't, I don't i don't think it would i don't think it would because i, I have that, that the browns were playing them even when you Mahomes don't think got it would or you hurt. would think it you do well, think it would Durgan. I, I don't because i'll just go do my picks now because i have the chiefs and browns <laughs> playing in the uh divisional round and i have okay. the chiefs winning and we can talk about that matchup i guess i i, I agree with you that the browns went toe-to-toe despite a few uh, calls going against them in that game. It's just Patrick Mahomes has lost one well, tie Super Bowl this year. One two playoff games he lost were Tom Brady. No, only one playoff game lost before that was Tom Brady getting lucky that D4 jumped off sides. So Tom Bra- or Patrick Mahomes has won continuously in the playoffs over and over again. And at home, which I would have in this matchup, is just tough to ever bet against Mahomes at home in the playoffs. I, I don't know if I can do it. That being said, though, it's tough for a team to make it to four straight AFC title games. I looked back at Super Bowls. Only three teams in the past have made three straight Super Bowls if the Chiefs did go that far. But going to four straight AFC championship games, that's even more rare. Only the Patriots have done that uh, in their heyday when they had Brady. And it's it's really tough to do. So maybe I, w- I kind of want to change my pick now, but I wrote it down. So I, I'm <laughs> yeah. sticking. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the Chiefs. I, I wrote it down. I'll stick with it. Uh, another matchup I have the Bills and Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins with Tua at this point can win a Super Bowl. 
And I think the Bills can with Josh Allen, who, I mean, we got to mention this. He is now the, I think, highest, second highest played player in NFL history. Fat contract by, for him. By guaranteed money, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he got paid a lot of money. He got paid. So hopefully he does not regress to the mean anymore. That would be uh, unfortunate for the uh, Bills Mafia. But I'm all in the Bills this year, so I have a Bills-Chiefs-AFC championship game. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it, it, in the potential rematch, I would imagine more score, more points would be scored. It, it's, it was a pretty low-scoring affair this last year, but um, I like the way that the Browns are progressing more than I like the way the Chiefs are progressing. The Chiefs have sort of plateaued, it feels like, and maybe are starting to get a little worse. They're, they're having to shell out some money. They're rearranging the offensive line. Uh, they have some holes now on that team that used to seem like a, a juggernaut. Now is you know a little bit more patchwork, and, and there's some opportunities there for them to, to slip a little bit. Um, but for my divisional round games, I have the Browns at the Dolphins, uh, and I have the Browns winning that as well. I, I am just not as sold on Tua, sort of like Durgan and his ability to, to put the team over the top. I think they're going to be very talented on, on defense. It seems like they're figuring out what to do with Xavier Howard, and they've sort of ironed that situation out. So uh, I'd imagine the defense is going to play at a very high level. Um, it's just whether Tua can distribute that ball and, and get things going, and if they can manufacture some sort of run game. Uh, is going to be big for them. But ultimately, I trust the Browns more. Uh, pretty low-scoring affair, I would imagine, um, in that one. And then I have the Bills at the Chiefs, and I have the Bills winning and going Ooh. to the AFC Championship. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think they they just have enough firepower to go toe-to-toe with, with the Chiefs. And, um, you know, both defenses are middling and, and uh, a true shootout. Sort of anyone can, can win it. And... Uh, think josh allen may get a uh, signature win signature win all right well well i'll just might as well go with my that's my half of my afc championship game and i agree with you i think the bills are a better team than the chiefs and you look at the entire roster of the bills the one weakness they have i think we can all agree on is their defensive line and lack of pass rush and run game yeah outside of josh allen yeah i mean I mean, Josh Allen, I don't think you need to run game. But if you look at their defensive line, they don't have that superstar name, but they're pretty deep. Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison are the two veterans, and they use their first two-round picks this year on defensive linemen who are big boys, Rousseau and Boogie Basham. Both of those guys are 270-plus. So they'll be able to play in the run game, also in the pass game. And they drafted A.J. Ampanessa last year, who I liked a lot in the second round. He's another guy who can play a little inside-out. So they might not have the guys who are the the, the demon pass rusher, the Miles Garrett, even the Frank Clark, uh, Chris Jones that these other AFC contenders have. But as a unit, I think they're pretty deep, and they won't be as you know, that drop off from the first unit to the second unit won't be as big, which I think is huge when you're playing in Patrick Mahomes because you have to keep pressure on him the entire game, and that's one of the reasons why the Buccaneers are so good that they were getting pressure on him first down, second down, third down. There's no off plays when you're playing the Chiefs. And like you said, their offense, those top four receivers they have, they're deep. I mean, assuming that Cole Beasley plays. <laughs> I mean, the whack job there. Uh, their offensive line is pretty solid, and I think Josh Allen's going to have an MVP season. So I love, the, I love the Bills this year. Nobody circles the wagons. The Buffalo Bills, my bet is coming back this year. If they win a Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm jumping through a table. So, I mean... Uh- 
I guess I'll give my winner then too by by a similar sort of thought process and logic. I, I have the Browns advancing to to the uh, Super Bowl here, winning uh, the AFC Championship. It's going to be an interesting case study, I guess, on the importance of the QB position and how much that can carry a team. Because I think just from a holistic perspective, you know, the Browns and the Bills, like we were talking about, are both a lot more well-rounded than the Chiefs currently. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is just probably the best quarterback in the league by a, a decent margin. So um, it's 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 an interesting situation to kind of pay attention to. But I don't know. I trust I trust the team more than I trust one guy making the. We I I've been proved wrong in that, so it's hard to, <laughs> to pick that. But I trust the team a little bit more than I trust like just Mahomes winning the game for the Chiefs. Um, granted, they have other pieces, but. I just like how well-rounded the Browns are on both sides of the ball. So that is who I got. I mean, I the thing that holding me back with the Browns is Baker Mayfield, who played a lot better last year. But does Baker Mayfield want to be a guy that's uh, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, a very good quarterback, but never a star? Or is he going to take that next step into the elite level of quarterback? And I, I don't know if he will. He might not have to. That, that roster is very deep. But if I'm going to you know, project and pick a team, I'm going to take the guy that I, I've seen carry a team, put up huge numbers, uh, even if they are young, like a Josh Allen. So, But Baker Mayfield, he has OBJ. Let's see if they can get that combo working. I still think that they're better off without Odell Beckham. I will stick by that. Numbers prove it. But with him mm. back, mm. The, the numbers don't lie. Mm. Numbers don't lie. But th- he might not even have to be great because he had Dick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there, the best one-two punch in the league. Dump the ball off to them. Let them do all the work. Rashard Higgins might be the best receiver on that team. Saying it now. Don't not, know about not, that. Not, 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 not skill-wise. Not, not skill-wise. Not skill-wise. OBJ is the most skilled receiver in the league, in my opinion, because of what he can do. But some of that connection's off. <clears throat> that connection's off, so... We'll see what happens. I, I, I proved sure. it a few episodes ago. Numbers before and after OBJ's injury, the offense got better. I, I got a video for you I saw later, but I'll send it in the in the group chat. Right. Brett Coleman did a breakdown on exactly that topic on I need to check it out I got to check it out. misconception that uh, Baker was better without OBJ. It was actually a pretty interesting video. But uh, I have the Browns also advancing to the Super Bowl and beating the Buffalo Bills, the, the five seed versus the sixth seed. Two wild cards duking it out in the AFC Championship. Um, but I, I think the Browns just have a little bit more juice on the defensive end of the ball, uh, and that's going to be the difference. Um, you know, you don't always need an elite guy to take you to the Super Bowl. Sometimes you need an elite one to to win it. But uh, you know, the 49ers laid out the formula. The Ravens have done yep. it before. Uh, there's there's been teams that that get there have a complete team and and a quarterback that's above average but not elite and and get stuff done. Um, that's sort of where Baker is. If he ascends to the next level, then obviously they're going to have a, a better chance, and I think he's capable of it. Um, but like you said, he may not need to. So if you can just run your system, play play solid defense, get after the passer and hand the ball off, run your, your play action and move the chains, uh, they, they've got the team built to be able to grind people out late in the year too. Uh, running the ball and, and playing possession offense and, and shortening the game. Um, I think they're they're set up for a lot of success this year. Yeah, and real quick, just to touch on uh, Durgan's Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers point, 
this team is better than I think any team that those two players have been on in their careers. And I think if you take them in their prime and put them on this team, it's a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. So if Baker Mayfield is Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers, that's good enough for me. Hey, Rivers had like a team that was 14-2 and two with Daniel Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. So that is true. That is true. You're right. And Matt Ryan had that one year the Falcons were Shanahan's last year and they scored like a bazillion points. And it's not a knock on those guys because Rivers is a Hall of Famer, I think, and Matt Ryan's a mm. borderline Hall of Famer. I said no personally, but borderline. It's just I'm going to take the guy who's, I think, a top two, top three quarterback. It's team sport. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. Did you mention who you have uh, winning the AFC, Durgan? Bills. Oh, Bills. Okay. The Mafia. Cool. I thought you had the Bills too, Casey, until you you went on and and joined joined the dark side with me over here on the <laughs> team the brown Browns. side, the dog pound, the brown side. Yeah, love it. Um, cool. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Then I guess uh, we'll touch on the NFC next week and give you our, our side of the uh, playoff equation for the NFC. Um, that will be a less interesting uh, process for me personally, based on how my picks came out. I'm kind of <laughs> angry at myself looking at this. But that is okay. We will dive into it. Before we head out, uh, you guys have any final thoughts on the AFC as a whole? It's fine. To, uh, or, it's fine. It's fun to see parity in the AFC. It seems yeah. like for so long it was just Patriots. the Patriots and maybe the Steelers, Colts. maybe the Colts. Yeah. And that was about it. So nice to have some new blood in there and, and be excited about some new teams as they ascend and, and make things interesting. Yeah, I mean, two of the three teams that. No, yeah, two of the teams we have winning the AFC are the Browns and the Bills, who are historically two of the more embarrassing franchises in sports. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it's yeah. it's cool to see. You know, that's one of the great things about the NFL, in my opinion, is that as long as you're just not terribly ran, it's tough to suck for a long time. And the Browns have, but it's nice <laughs> to actually see yeah. these guys kind of the new wave of football happening. Yeah, I mean, and the Dolphins, too. Let's not forget they were the Dolphins, butt of yeah. many jokes for a long time, uh, you know, considered one of the worst teams in the league. So, yeah, the Dolphins turning around, Titans, you know, mediocre for quite a while. Ever. So, yeah, uh, yeah this, is, this is good. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to uh, pay attention to the AFC. It wasn't always like this. So um, that is good news for sure. Thank you again for sticking with us for our AFC preview. Like I mentioned, we're going to be covering the NFC next week. You won't want to miss that. But before we head out, before we uh, wrap this up, I want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you should check out on our website, weeklyspiral.com. Casey, what do you got coming up that the listeners should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I took a little bit of a look at Alabama and Steve Sarskeesian's RPO system and, and concepts and, and ideas. Nothing too revolutionary, but they're very efficient in how they get to it. Uh, holds defenses accountable. Um, so if you're a college football fan and, and want to know how those uh, RPOs are running and what they get to to, to give the quarterback easy, simple reads and, and keep the offense on schedule, you can you can check that out on the, the YouTube page or Read the article at weeklyspiral.com on Thursday. Awesome. What about you, Durgan? Uh, well, first of all, Steve Sarkeesian's a very interesting story, how he ended up now, like I said, Alabama last year, uh, was in line to be a big-time head coach, had some off-the-field issues, yep. but now he's at Texas, which is a very profitable job for him. Um, but from my uh, articles I had this week, Keaton Slovis, the USC quarterback, his scouting report came out. And while I will never knock a player on a scouting report, I've never had a player 
who I thought so highly of beforehand and afterwards was like, oh no, what was I watching? So <laughs> check that one out. Uh, next week, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M running back. His guiding report will be out. Sounds like a uh, spot-on assessment of a USC quarterback if I've ever I, heard one. So I'm kind of scared uh, of that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that for sure. This has been a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us and tuning in to episode 103. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this, it is awesome, and we'll catch you next week for episode 104.